to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am here with Martin Maynard Willis. Hey, yep. And now, I say that because you're from Maine, but is is that a proper term? I think I made that up. What are yes. people from Maine actually called? No, they're called Mainas. Mainas. They don't, they don't use the R at the end oh, with, like, lobster. So I'm a Maina. Yeah. Did that sound like a But if you're sitting on the sofa, so they put an R at the end of sofa. Weird. Sofa. So I strange. Sofa. What an interesting yeah. culture. Do you think their culture a, has roots it's, from it's, the it's stars? Wicked. It's a wicked, interesting culture. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, it reminds me of uh, Stephen King, who's a Mainer, right? Famous. That's right. He lives uh, as the crow flies about... Uh, 60 mile from here. Oh, not too far. Yep. And All right. He's got these cool bat bats on his, uh, on his iron fence that are really, you know. Bat they, what? He's, his mansion, he has these big iron bats on on his fence and on his mansion. It's pretty cool. Huh. That's pretty cool. That's weird. Very spooky. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, so the show today... First of all, thank you for coming to uh, listening to Open Mind UFO Radio, where we cover UFO news uh, in a more journalistic manner. So we're covering the credible and substantial information, and then uh, we're letting you know if we speculate, uh, whereas a lot of the UFO field is based on speculation. But especially in today's time, you don't need to base everything on speculation, although a lot of our show today actually, I think, is. But uh, we'll get into that. Because there's so much credible information coming forward. So uh, one of the things we also do is we talk about the news. Martin and I, uh, the first segment of the show is about UFO news, so the latest headlines that are out there. And, of course, these are headlines that you can find at our website, openminds.tv. So every week we list the latest headlines in the mainstream media. So you can check that out and you can find out what's going on uh, in the world. And it's a great resource because you can go back for years to see all the headlines and, and see how things are changing mm-hmm. and how the culture is changing when it comes to this topic. So that's what's Ooh. going on. Also, I do want to thank people who have been helping me out on my Patreon site, the Alejandro Rojas Patreon site. Uh, it, it's, it is a ton of help. Um, and I want to keep doing this. And, uh, as Martin knows, it's really hard to kind of make sure you can get the funds to keep you doing this, uh, especially when it takes away from other work, and uh, that's something Martin and I mm-hmm. always struggle with. But uh, thank you to those of you who do go to my Patreon. Uh, you can find links all over OpenMindset.tv or my blog, AlejandroTRojas.com, 
or you could just Google me or, or search for me on Patreon and find me. But uh, thank you all so, so, so much. Had a great response there. Otherwise, I do want to also let you know who the guests for the show are. And the guests are John Semple and Jack Roth. They are two or two of the three J's in a group called J3 Films. And uh, Jack Roth is someone I've known for a while. He's a paranormal uh, author and researcher, investigator. He's done a lot of ghost stuff. And early on, I turned him on to this really weird case I was investigating of this alleged abductee uh, named Stan Romanek. Now, super controversial story. Uh, this is someone uh, you all may know that I investigated for a period of time. And there was a lot of weird stuff that happened. And a lot of weird stuff going on in his life. However, this person also made up stuff. And I caught him several times trying to trick me. And if you're a long-time listener, he tried to trick you too. Uh, you may remember when I did an interview with him and, uh, you know, this this voice came on. You need to know when to shut up or something stupid like that. And uh, my good friend, Mark Antonio, who uh, is a photo and video analyst and... He's actually just came into town, and we're going to go out. He's coming over for dinner, uh, and we're going to go do some uh, astrophotography tonight. But, uh, you know, he listened in and was able to prove definitively that this was a trick, that Stan, you know, rigged this whole thing to trick us on the radio show, for which I definitely do not appreciate whatsoever. So it's a really weird case. So these guys did a documentary on Stan Romanek, and uh, they have a new documentary – because one of the things Romanek claims is that he had sired some hybrid children, half alien, half human children. And this may sound weird, but stick with me for a minute here. But uh, Because even though Stan, I, I feel, cannot be trusted, during their investigation, during the putting together of this film, they found many, many, many other people who make these claims. And now I'm in this documentary and I, here's what my point is. Even though I'm skeptical, abduction is not my area of, of research, you know. Uh, it's based on a lot of anecdotal information. I still believe, because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who claim to have these experiences, I've people come to me because they trust me and share their stories. And these are very credible people who really seem genuinely traumatized by these experiences they believe happened to them. So I really think this whole topic needs to be taken seriously by the psychology uh, community, the the therapeutic community, uh, where it has to be examined what's going on here so we can figure out how to help these people. Are they being taken by something? I don't know. Dr. John Mack, one of the most famous researchers in this field, he felt that, uh, because he worked at Harvard, um, he felt it was a non-physical phenomenon, that there was no physical portion to this. However, you know, what these filmmakers, John and Jack, discovered is that a lot of people felt they had had, um, you know, physical encounters. And uh, uh, supposedly, and we'll talk to these guys about it, they've even talked to some of these people's doctors, and the doctors claim that there were uh, some strange things found. So we'll take a look at this. We'll figure out why Jack and John believe this is, is something important. And we'll kind of examine this kind of really weird kind of niche area of uh, the UFO phenomenon or the, the belief in aliens. And that is that they're taking us and creating these hybrids. Um, and you got to remember, there are just thousands of people who believe this 
has happened to them. I mean, what are your thoughts, Martin? Well, I've been on the fence from day one about, you know, the abductions in general. But I do think that, you know, there could be something to it. I don't want to be closed-minded to it. Um, but I'm not so sure that, uh, you know, all these, you know, thousands and thousands of people um, with their stories of these things happening over and over again, if, if it's really happening or not. I mean, I would be a basket case of something like that. I, I wouldn't be able to function in a normal day, you know, living if something like that was happening or I thought something like that was happening. And my heart goes out to those people, whatever it is. But uh, I also think that if we are being visited by someone, you know, outside this galaxy, if that is a possibility, then um, then I think, um, you know, they wouldn't just observe from afar. I think that, indeed, they probably would want to examine. I mean, that's the first thing that we would do. Of course, we don't know the way they think, but that is uh, something that I think we would do. And then there's the cases that are really amazing, like, you know, Travis Walton, Betty Hill, uh, the Allagash incident, and, and some others that just seem so credible. Um, so, it, I, again, I, I say I'm on the fence, but, you know, I, I don't doubt at least something is going on. Right, yeah. I mean, there are some credible, uh, I mean, credible cases, like you mentioned, Betty and Barney Hill, uh, Travis Walton, who I know very well. In fact, I'm going to be doing a talk with him at the Scottsdale Library here in the Phoenix area in just a few weeks. I'm going to talk about other weird cases like Allagash, Another credible case, like you mentioned. So I'll be talking about some of these cases, and then Travis will share his, his experiences. So you're right. So there are these weird cases of these potential encounters. Um, and and I think it's a great point, too, that, you know, this is what we do with animals. We, we tranquilize them. We take them. We do things to them, yep. uh, physical, medical procedures. Often, this is either so we discover more about them or... The, uh, so that we can help them. I mean, often it, it's so we can help them, of course, but they don't like it at all. Uh, and who would blame them? Mm -hmm. Like, we wouldn't like it. Um, and if it is happening, it, it's interesting because it shows that they kind of have a regard for us like we do for animals, uh, which we consider, I guess, a lesser species or many of us. Of course, I'm a vegetarian because I love animals. But, um, mm -hmm. but that uh, they don't... It would also show, you know, n not so much a regard for our social uh, the norms or, or our laws or, uh, you know, some of or our comfort <laughs> or necessarily that they're not trying to communicate. Hey, what, here's what we're going to do. And here's what, you know, like a doctor would. Here's what we have mm -hmm. to do it. And uh, so I don't know. It, it's very, very strange. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into it with these guys. And I love Jack and John because they're really good guys. Uh, I think that they uh, are, are really looking for answers. And uh, this film has gotten a lot of re awards already. It doesn't even come out until about the same time as the UFO Congress. And they're going to be showing it at the UFO Congress. Uh, so, And Jack will be there at the UFO Congress to talk about it so people can meet him. And you'll even be able to vote on it versus other films uh, for the uh, EBE film festival at the congress so uh so yeah so we'll see how people react to it well that's great and i almost forgot the pascagoula abduction 
case. Right, so the Pascagoula is... case. So we'll have Calvin Parker, one of the witnesses there, and I think that's very credible. I mean, you've interviewed him, yes, and and I find him very credible, down to earth. So this is going to mm-hmm. be my first time meeting him in person, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, he's a real, real nice gentleman. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of really good stuff going on at the UFO Congress. Plus, get this: this is. Have you heard about this guest or this attendee? Someone who's going to be there? Amazing. Yeah, this guy's amazing. Uh, I heard about him. I think I've I read this somewhere. Yes. Who is he? Me. How did you know? <laughs> you know my sense of humor already. We're setting good. that up. We yeah, are having very, the amazing nice. Martin Willis there. He's going to be there <laughs> probably doing some live uh, interviews like he does every year. He'll be helping us out behind the stage. Um, That's right. Yeah, you yes. can actually meet and talk to Martin Willis. In the flesh. We're going to have a rush yes. to UFOcongress.com to register now. But uh, we're going to have some amazing guests, so go <laughs> check that out. But, uh, yes. yeah, so why don't we go ahead and get into the headlines for the week, uh, get into the UFO news. Go for sure. it. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I wanted to start with, um, you know, this maybe isn't a news story you can read, but it certainly has caused uh, a lot of uh, uh, reaction, I want to say, in the UFO community and out there. And that is uh, Joe Rogan uh, interviewed Bob Lazar. Um, The date was on June 20th. So uh, once that went out, um, a lot of people were contacting, not a lot of people, but a number of listeners contacted me and one once wrote me and said, well, I was on the fence about Bob Lazar. Now I 100% believe in the whole thing. And you have to watch this. So I watched the entire two hours, 14 minutes, and 44 seconds. Of course, that's the intro and outro. Um, I watched it in pieces. And right now there's 3,537,362 views. Holy moly. Ed is really getting a lot of attention. So he's on. Uh, he's being interviewed with uh, Jeremy Corbell, and uh, they apparently went out uh, the evening before for dinner and stuff. Well, two things I, I got out of that, and, and you know, I, I get a lot of people that don't like my view on Bob Lazar because it's still one of uh, great skepticism, even though I respect people like George Knapp and. Um, you know, a lot of people that do believe in him, you right, know, right. I, I understand that. So, but anyway, I, I, so I watched it and I, I didn't, I personally didn't feel any more convinced. I, I learned some things. He talks about some things that he had never talked about before, but I'm still, um, I gotta say, I'm, I'm still not there. I still don't have that feeling like this other listener that, you know, this listener that wrote me. But I I will say one thing. I do believe that Joe Rogan believes in him. I do believe that. Really? Uh, That would be weird. Yeah, just by the way the conversation went all the way through. I think that Joe Rogan, there was never anything like in the Tom DeLonge situation. Uh, You know, there was no no confrontations like that. And uh, so I, I do believe that Joe buys him 100%. That's my feeling on it. He has... Joe did follow it ever since the beginning, and uh, he is a he's a really good interviewer. He uh, he's very sharp, and he does ask some really good questions. But I I didn't I didn't see anywhere along the line where anything 
that made me any more convinced than I was before the uh, the show began. Mm. That's my take on it, you know. I, and I'd be interested to know what what other people thought, and if anyone else out there uh, felt the same way that you know they watched, they were on the fence, and and they uh, all of a sudden they uh, uh, think that it's a hundred percent. I would like to know what it is <laughs> that made you feel that way. And I so I I asked the listener. Um, that wrote me and said he's 100% convinced. I said, "What? I watched that whole thing. What is it? And he said, I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that. Hmm, he said, I'm weird. at work. I'll have to get back to you on that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I've heard from people who feel similar to you and I, uh, kind of on the fence a little bit on the side of the skepticism. And uh, their needles really weren't changed at all. Uh, you mm. know, they found something's interesting and that may have some credibility to them, but they uh, were not satisfied with the questions regarding the concerns they already have. Uh, so yeah. uh, so that's kind of interesting. I mean, I did. So, yeah, and essentially it was notes from people. So, yeah, I didn't have anybody really responding very strongly either way and certainly nothing that compels me to be to listen to be honest and that's because I've been mm. following this for so dang long and I'm yeah. over it to be honest uh, it's a wait it's kind of a waste and here's why I say that and I apologize to everybody who's into it I apologize to my esteemed mentor uh, George Knapp uh, but I've even told him this what's the end game where do we go with it we've got one person making these extraordinary claims who cannot prove them at all um so what can you do with it it's it's it for us to waste time trying to prove something we cannot prove is kind of where you ufology was stuck for decades and you know what we don't need to waste our time with that sort of thing anymore uh alleged documents from alleged generals or what have you uh that are also out there that our people are making big deals about mm -hmm. we're wasting our time because meanwhile, we've got Navy jet fighter pilots briefing the president, briefing the Congress. We have MIT asking to be briefed. Uh, we have a lot of really important stuff going on. And uh, it's not to say that this isn't something that we keep don't keep in our wheelhouse, especially as researchers, because it's incumbent upon me, for instance, that when I get access to some of the people that we have access to, I need to ask them the questions. Well, is this real? You know, are these, there are these programs? If so, uh, where, what, who? You know, uh, like I've been asking Elizondo, or and we've been asking, or even Eric Davis. Eric Davis is an interesting one, Dr. Eric Davis, who worked for this Pentagon program, because he believes programs like Lazar claims to be a part of, or, or have been a part of, exist. But he does not believe Lazar had anything to do with any of these programs. So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, whereas Lou Elizondo hmm. also believes, like Eric Davis, that these sort of things probably exist. But he does not uh, speak about what he thinks about Lazar. So we have no idea what he thinks. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. The movement, the good movement, is not going to come from a Joe Rogan interview unless they were able to, you know, reveal some startling new evidence what'll come is when yeah. we can get on the record you know somebody saying something along the lines of yes we do have programs like this but uh i don't think that, mm -hmm. that we're we're nowhere near that yet 
But we're headed in that direction, and that's what's exciting about right now. Um, you know, some of the peripheral stuff going on mm-hmm. may eventually, you know, and does, I think, really turn people's head. So I guess it, it's more important for people who are not as familiar with uh, Lazar to listen to his story and then see what they think, especially given the new information that we're getting on a regular basis. Yeah, so one, one thing, one little spoiler thing I want to... And I do recommend people watch Jeremy's... Um, watch Jeremy and listen to Lazar if you haven't before, but watch Jeremy's documentary, Lazar. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, just one little thing. I said it's a spoiler for someone, just to close your ears for a second, if you're going to watch <laughs> the uh, YouTube. Is that um, Bob is now claiming... I never heard this before. Maybe you had heard it before, but he's claiming that... Um, these things are at least one of these nine things are is an archaeological uh, arc boy man, I'm having a hard time with that word today Arch- archaeological word? thank you <laughs> dig oh receive one of these craft at least one of the crafts were wow uh, no I had dig. not heard that so that is yeah I never heard that before mm, that wow I'm gonna have to take language lessons I can't understand mm-hmm. why I couldn't say that wow all right, yeah. let's get into other news. Um, let's see. Uh, of course, there's been some news. I think this is a great story. So the War Zone, uh, Tyler Rogaway, oh, yeah. who we've had on the show, he's written a few stories. And it's kind of funny. And I think it's important. People have been very frustrated because uh, Rogaway has written about how some of these things could be Chinese or Russian or even black projects that we're not aware of that the Navy jet fighters encountered. Uh, and I think that's an important discussion to have. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we shouldn't be getting frustrated with him and calling him a debunker. I think that we should encourage him to see what he can find. Because on the other hand, he is also uh, interviewing witnesses. And so on the other hand, he found, for instance, he talked to some other Navy pilots that weren't in un- Unidentified, the television show, um, and pilots we have not heard from yet. And he says that uh, these UFO encounters have occurred constantly across multiple squadrons, according to the witnesses he's talked to. And these witnesses Mm -hmm. have seen Tic Tac objects, but they've also seen the objects, the square inside of the translucent circle that these guys uh, claim to have seen in 2015. So, yeah, he's just saying that he's confirming, at least from pilots, that they're seeing, you know, essentially these UFOs uh, across multiple squadrons all over the place. So it is a, a very common occurrence. It's not as, you know, it's not just uh, these groups of people that have been featured in Unidentified, uh, the TV show. So uh, right. I think that's really important. So I think his stories are really important, and it shows the the way this stuff is properly handled by credible defense um, aerospace journalists because they're looking at all aspects to try to thoroughly vet those and remember if you think this is something truly anomalous then the idea that it's russian chinese or american technology is the null hypothesis and in science that's what you're trying to prove you're trying to debunk or disprove your theory and if you can't disprove your theory that's what gives credibility to your theory so it's that's good right. that he's doing this mm-hmm. that's right hey by the way the uh, the object that they the sphere with the cube inside the sphere. Mm-hmm. I was looking at one of your headlines here that you have up on there and about the loon balloon. Boy, yeah. does that look kind of 
very similar to you can see the, the pictures in the loom balloons but yeah the the loom balloons can look similar i think that's why that story's there and i think that uh, some people have even said oh this is what these navy guys must have encountered but of course uh it depends on the encounter um certainly yeah. it doesn't fit the tic-tac encounter and it doesn't fit all the maneuvers and uh i was just going to say the, the balloon stay, stays stationary mm -hmm. or floats and loom balloons for people who do know stuff. They're Google balloons for uh, doing uh, internet, and they can kind of maneuver on their own a little bit, but very slowly. Very slowly. Nothing like what they saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of these stories... Uh-huh. I just wanted to quickly say, before we ran out of time, uh, uh, we mentioned Calvin Parker earlier, and um, he got um, some unofficial commemorative... Uh, and Mississippi. Yeah. Well, you should have mentioned this before because we are out of time. Oh, no. But, okay. yeah, there is a official plaque that commemorates the Pascagoula abduction events. And uh, if you want to read that headline or any of the others that we talked about, go to openminds.tv and you'll find this in the headlines in the front page. Uh, so we've got them all there, openminds.tv. But we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us again, Martin. You're very welcome. Thank you. Let's go ahead and we will get into our interview with Jack and John right after this break. I am very happy to welcome back to the show two good friends, Jack Roth and John Semple. Hello, guys. Hey, Alejandro. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having us. Yes, it's always a pleasure. It's always good to talk to you guys. You're always doing something uh, exciting, too. And in fact, where are you right now, John? I'm in Quito, Ecuador. Wow, that's so cool. On an extended, extended travel Yep, extended travel journey. Get back to the states to make movies, though. Yeah, right. So, I'd rather it—that's the way it should be, where you're vacationing most of the time, and then sometimes having to do a little work here and there. Yeah, we 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 we're full-time digital nomads, so we work uh, five days a week doing the the heavy lifting, and then the weekends are our fun time. But um, yeah, we're we're everybody thinks we're on vacation, and then extended <laughs> vacation, we're just doing our work remotely. Cool. But we're happy. We're loving it. Yeah, that sounds fun. So, and, and I, I said, you know, get back to do it, do some work here and there. But actually, I know these films are a ton of work, and yes. you have uh, coming out, and you can tell us when it's coming out. Everything's going on, but um, you've got this great new film called Extraordinary: The Seating. Um, so maybe you can kind of tell us about that. Yeah, it's. Uh going to be launching on digital platforms like uh, uh, iTunes. Well, maybe not iTunes anymore, but Apple TV, uh, Google Play, uh, Vimeo, uh, Hudu. There's a whole bunch of different. If it's a, a digital platform that has uh, video content, chances are pretty good it's going to be on on that platform. And it'll be on uh, different platforms all over the world. I think it's 125 different countries. Uh, we'll have streaming capabilities uh, for the film. It launches on September 3rd. 
strike of midnight, uh, uh, first 12.01 second on, on the third, uh, the film will be available. So we're excited about that. And uh, we've, we've had a ton of success with uh, going to film festivals. And uh, we've already earned, I think, around 15 laurels. I've lost count a little bit. We've wow. earned the best Best Picture at Pasadena, Best Picture at the Los Angeles Television Script and Film Festivals. So we're we're feeling pretty good about the uh, the message that we're putting out with the film. It's been very well uh, recepted. Uh, rece- the receptivity has been very well so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, September third is the day before the UFO Congress, and so it, the right. film will also be in the the Congress uh, UFO Festival. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody will be there but me. <laughs> oh, so Jack, I'll, you'll I'll be, be there. For... I will be there. Yes, planning on it. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So we'll definitely have uh, people that are in the film will be there as well as uh, people behind the camera will be there too. We're looking forward to just engaging with people, and the timing of you know of the Congress uh, is is perfect for us because. You know, showing the film is one thing, having people see it, but then having the opportunity to engage with people and have them better understand why we're doing what we're doing is a is a big part of it. Right. Especially a group of people who are going to appreciate it, uh, you know, more than others. Absolutely. Uh, people who will feel some vindication probably because, uh, you know, a lot of people have been into this topic. And let's get to that. So... Your film has been well received. You just talked about all these awards that you've won, and uh, what's surprising is is the topic because the topic is pretty. It'll be interesting to hear, you know, something about the reaction that people have had. But first, uh, tell us a little bit about the topic of the film. Well, first, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say that Alejandro, you're in the movie. <laughs> so what was uh, this done in secret no i'm just kidding yes <laughs> yeah you are in it you were one of the experts and uh, trusted people that we know that we wanted to get feedback from um and it turned out really great and so uh, and you have not seen it yet is that correct alejandro i haven't and it i just it, it's my fault because i have been provided uh links to it but i i actually have not gotten the chance uh, it's been crazy, and so I have I, I. But I'm excited to see it, and I kind of, I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings. Do I want to watch it before the conference or not? Because it is fun to, you know, share in like the ooh and the ah with everybody else, and and mm-hmm. yeah, it might be a good idea for you to wait. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. be that would be great, fun for you. Um, well, you know, in this particular film, we kind of uh, we took it. A little further than our first film that we did, which was extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. And we kind of ended that uh, with the idea of this got this one man having these experiences being abducted and then uh, seven, eight years later, getting phone calls from and getting contacted by children, seven, eight year olds who were claiming to be his hybrid children. So. We wanted to kind of take that concept a little further and dig a little further. So the, one of the main focuses of the seating is uh, the seating. Uh, basically, it's uh, a lot of people who have been, had experiences, abduction experiences, but also have had uh, false pregnancies, uh, pregnancies that uh, unexplained pregnancies, 
where they uh, lost the fetus after about two or three months and uh, again, again, followed by other strange abduction experiences. So we kind of wanted to focus on this film more on the human emotional aspects of people who were experiencing these things. So I think more so the first film was about evidence. As you well know, Alejandro, tons of evidence, right? Uh, tons of things for people to see and, and hear. Uh, in this one, we focus more on the emotional aspects of what it's like to be someone who has these extraordinary experiences and really doesn't have too many other people you can talk to about it. So that's, that's kind of the focus of this second film. Now, the first film was, of course, very controversial. Um, you know, the situations around the, the, the main person in the film uh, became even more controversial after the film was out. But uh, I guess as you all, you know, as investigators, researchers, looking at all of that, do you still at least feel pretty confident, you know, that, uh, that, this, that Stan Romanek did it experience some paranormal uh, activity? Great question. John, go ahead. What do you think? <laughs> I, I would say that, you know, one of the things, and we get this question asked a lot, and, you know, people saying that he's completely discredited by the things that have happened, that he did, you know, kind of to out himself, so to speak, then the legal issues that he had. But uh, as you well know, there's a ton of evidence. And even if a quarter of that evidence uh, bears out to be true, it, it's still significant. And I think the biggest things about uh, Stan's case were the eyewitnesses, people who were present when things happened. So you really can't discount those too, too much. I know there's a lot of people who, who don't believe in some of the, they feel that some of the things were staged or hoaxed. Uh, we spent a lot of time with Stan. And, and one of the things that I would say is that if you spend as much time as we did and you see the person, the individual in the quiet moments and you see the, the reflection and the emotional trauma that they've been through, because there were times where there were moments of, of uh, disbelief and concern and fear and uh, you know, questions that Stan would ask us, do you think I'm crazy? Uh, either he was the greatest actor of all time or there's something to his story. And uh, we, we tend to believe that, you know, not all of it is 100% accurate. We didn't show anywhere near the full amount of evidence that he had. Some of the things were a little bit borderline, but we spent a week with him, went over a lot of the materials uh, and felt that uh, there was enough evidence there to move forward with tel telling a story. And that story really in the film is between 2000 and 2010 when a majority of the things that happened to him happened. So do we think all of it is true? No. Do we think some of it is? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to walk through this too, especially for my listeners, because I have a lot of listeners because, of course, there's been all of this Pentagon UFO news and, sure. and information coming out. And I've got a lot of new ones that have, have heard all of this kind of meaty nuts and bolts stuff. So this kind of topic is, is, is more uh, fringy for them. But I want to walk through, you know, what is it? Why, why do we take something like this more seriously? And I do want to say, uh, just as a disclaimer up front, 
I'm not sure what's going on with alien abductions, but like I say in the film, I think it's definitely something that has to be researched. And there are some very credible cases. I feel like uh, Travis Walton, this vlogger who had multiple witnesses, you know, to this UFO and, and then him disappearing for a period of time. I don't know what's going on there. And then with Stan Romanek, you guys mentioned I wasn't involved with researching that case. And I do believe that Stan's a good actor. I do believe that there's a lot of false information that was given to myself and others. However, like you all, I do scratch my head. I really cannot imagine that he could have faked all of the weird things that it seems like happened to him or people around him. So it seems like there was some genuine strange phenomena going on there. So I, I get that. So what I want to walk through is how you guys, you know, uh, not only, uh, uh, you know, deal with that situation and create your film there, but then move on to even kind of even ideas and concepts that can be even considered even more strange with all of all of this but it seems to be received well so in other words i guess the next question would be when uh, it comes to abduction in the first place uh because i i don't think like john i don't think you know jack has done a lot of paranormal research and writing books over the years how did you react when you first heard of this phenomenon and when did you come to the idea that hey there could be something to this uh me or jack uh john let's hear what you have to say okay uh it's interesting too because jack has been kind of like the deep dive researcher exposed to a lot of this information both in the paranormal and the ufology space for 25 plus years and i, I kind of came to the party a little bit late in about 2009 Open-minded to the whole idea that this uh, this is a possibility. Believe that we're not alone. Had uh, three U.S. UFO sightings when I was a kid. Uh, uh, two of them that were seen by multiple people and reported to the police department. Uh, over 2,000 phone calls in a small town in, in Fairfield County, Connecticut. So it was a uh, you know my eyes were open at a very young age. So the, uh, the for me, but I got introduced to this when when Jack brought uh, Stan's story to my attention. So my focus, and that was in 2009. My focus has been I don't want to do too much deep dive research because I want to go into every interview with a, a sense of curiosity and wonder that our target audience would have. And I think we're 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 differentiate, differentiating ourselves from other uh, content providers, video content providers, is. We are not trying to send a message to people who already are interested in the subject matter, already believe in it. We're trying to tell stories that engage people across the entire spectrum, from believers to middle of the road to not even knowing about it to even skeptics to say, let's assume, let's look at this, let's examine this from the perspective, what if it's all true? So we want people to think about the possibility of an alternative belief structure. Not to say that it is true, because we don't know if everything is true, but we want to present information based on the stories of the people that we've encountered. Fascinating stories, emotional stories, traumatic stories, and position those to an audience so that they can look at it from the perspective of not, was it proved or disproved, but geez, I would never want to be in that person's shoes. I would never want to have that experience. What does that mean? If that person's been through something that horrific or that traumatizing or that, uh, you know, nightmarish, would I want to be through it? And that's not to say that this is all scary stuff. It's more a matter of we want to just present the stories that are being told and that are um, 
replicated through uh, oral storytelling over and over, not only for uh, in the current time frames, but a lot of corroborative information dating back over se- you know several decades. So when you start to hear the same stories being told over and over again from what I would call credible witnesses because they're from all over the globe, they're from remote countries, they're from uh, uh, big cities. Uh, you, you don't have to be in the backwoods of West Virginia, no offense, West Virginians, <laughs> uh, to be abducted. You can be abducted in Manhattan. So uh, do we believe all of it? We don't know, but there's enough curiosity there and enough evidence and enough corroboration over the years that we feel that these are stories worth telling. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, and. I love that idea of, and I love going into interviews like that, just having the wonder yourself and, and just kind of exploring with your audience. Now, Jack, you have been uh, writing about the paranormal for quite some time. I know you were a ghost hunter, in fact, uh, and, and of course, I was luckily able to get, help you get involved with the Stan Romanek story. But, I mean, where, because you, I, I, if I remember correctly, you started with ghost hunting. When did you start to consider kind of uh, that alien abduction could be a thing? Well, and I, the, I started with ghost hunting because of something that happened to me personally. And that's why I started down that path. And it's been over 20 years. And actually, it was at the time when I first met John and we worked together uh, at this company down in Fort Lauderdale. And I had gone on this weekend vacation and took some photos, came back, and there were some paranormal, there was something extraordinary on these photographs. And so what wound up happening is I took a deep dive into into that and trying to study as much as I can, learning as much as I could, talking to PhDs, the whole nine yards. And so we did that for a long time, and we did a lot of research. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I, I traveled all over the country uh, doing that kind of research. And, but we had always, John and I had always talked about doing a documentary and I was always leaning towards doing something in the UFO field. And the reason for that was simply because I had always been interested in UFOs since I was a kid. And I'm just, I'm just a journalist by by nature. I am someone who is always looking for the truth. I'm I'm someone who's always trying to uh, explain the unexplained. And uh, John and I both we approach this as documentarians. We approach it as researchers. And what we try to do when we do it, whether it's ghosts or UFOs or whatever, whatever unexplained phenomena whatever extraordinary thing we're, we're talking about or we're presenting, we do so in a way that's objective. And what we want to do is share information. Yes, we're both interested in things at different levels uh, and to different degrees. But the most important thing for both of us is that we share the information, that we present the information in a very objective way. And that's really why we were happy. Look, the Romanic Stan Romanic documentary was extremely controversial. And we had people that were, you know, reaching out to us and saying, you know, thinking that we were part of his fan club and thinking all these things. But it for for the for the most part, people were like, you know what, we don't know what to think of Stan, but you guys presented this documentary in an objective matter. You pre- you presented the evidence and you left it up to us to make up our own minds about Stan. 
Now, some people might say, well, he's full of it. Okay, fine. Other people might say, well, there's something to this, and that's fine too. But we went into it with that objective to try to get people to think, to think a little bit, to think about these things and to think, like John said, what if this is true? What if this is real? And I think that's why we approach all of these things. Yes, of course, Alejandro, I I could speak for myself. I've always been very interested in these things. But as a journalist, as someone who takes, who understands how important it is to present these things in an objective, logical way, intelligent way, uh, that's really our number one goal more than anything else. And another thing I want to add to that is that uh, a driver for this second film, and and, uh, this is hard for was really hard for us to even comprehend after this, the the film. So the film that we did on Stan was completed in 2013. It didn't get uh, picked up by a distributor until 2017. So there was a uh, it was end of 2013. So there was a four year, three year gap there before it got picked up and distributed. And the time it finally got out on digital platforms and eventually on Netflix, we were inundated with people responding on our Facebook page and through email saying, thank you so much for making this movie. I know I'm not alone. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm not crazy. These things have, and to this day, I just responded to somebody yesterday. People are reaching out saying, I just saw the film. I have to tell you my story. And and they're, it, it, I'm, I'm not kidding, Alejandro, when I say it's probably close to a thousand different emails specifically saying, I, this is my story. I had something similar. Can I talk to somebody about what happened to me? And it's, that was a catalyst for us to say, there's a lot of people who won't tell their story. Two people that I engaged with within the last two weeks said, I can't talk about this to anyone because I'm a public figure. I can't talk to this about my family because I'll be ridiculed. So there are people out there that are, that are, keeping these things inside and they're not having an audience for it because they're afraid of how they're going to be marked. And a person that they could look to as being the reason why they would never tell anybody is Stan. You know, why would you, why would anybody raise their hand and say, this happened to me when you can be a a subject to so much ridicule? And I completely understand people reacting to the, the legal case against him as being a reason to discredit him, completely fine that you're 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 entitled to that stance, you know, that's fine. But when when you talk about somebody who's been through something traumatic, uh, you really have to ask why would anybody raise their hand and draw uh, attention to themselves in this manner? Because usually the end result is not a positive one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that is one of the great points and why we have to pay attention to abduction, uh, the, the phenomena, because it is a phenomena in that there are so many people reporting this. And like you said, a lot of these people are very credible people. And even though it's hard to find physical evidence for the most part, uh, the amount of anecdotal evidence is really overwhelming. Um now, did you find that to be true? Because now you tackled kind of a niche inside of this fringe topic already of people who believe they're part of a hybridization program, like aliens and, uh, are trying to create these human-alien uh, hybrids. Now, uh, did you find a lot of people uh, that were had feelings along those lines? <laughs> uh, John, I'll start that one, I guess. Sure. Um, 
John and I, John and I love to split answers where we try to go back and forth, but we never know who wants to answer something first. Um, no, uh, yes, uh, we were surprised by now again during it was during our research that we were doing for the Romanic documentary that we actually started meeting people who who were talking about this in particular. Uh, we had met a couple of uh, of women who talked about having these unexplained pregnancies and abduction scenarios and and all of the trimmings associated with being abducted and uh, being tested in some way uh, that had to do with reproduction and women meeting women who were saying, well, also I was later on, whether it was two years later or more, uh, introduced uh, when I had an abduction, apparently aboard some kind of a craft where they're introduced to these, their hybrid children and they feel this strong emotional tie to it. So when John and I started hearing these stories and plus the fact it was one of the most compelling parts of Stan's story were these kids were these phone calls he was getting from apparently these hybrid children and some of the photographs and some of the other stuff that was happening. And we just felt between that and the stories we were hearing from women and men who were being abducted and, and being experimented with uh, fr from a reproductive standpoint as well, that this was just the logical next step and we knew we had enough. We knew we had enough people who were willing to talk about their experiences. Now, one thing that was different was that this was one of those things that was harder to get evidence. We were we were spoiled with the Romanic documentary in that we had ten years of evidence, uh, and 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 you know whether it's physical evidence, audio, visual evidence that we could present to people. With this story, there was a lot of people telling their stories, but, you know, doctors don't talk, even doctors, they're doctors who, you know, know about these false pregnancies. They don't want to talk about it on the record because of their careers. They don't want to go out on a limb to say, oh yeah, this was the strangest thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get them to talk about it. And it's not the kind of thing that, you know, as far as John and I and all the research we've done, we haven't really come up with too many photos of hybrid, hybrid children out there. So, yeah, uh, it was I'm not cut you off right there. Sorry, <laughs> just because we got to go to break. No, it's not necessarily okay. that you're. Uh, we're going to go to a break real quick. We, uh, those of you listening on the radio, will hear a commercial. The rest will hear a short musical interlude. But yeah, we've already used up 24 minutes, so we'll be right back with a John and Jack talking about extraordinary the seating. Very exciting stuff. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Open Minds UFO Radio. Uh, we're here with Jack and John talking about Extraordinary the seed Seeding. I keep wanting to say seedling. But uh, before we went into break, Jack, you were talking about how hard it was in this kind of uh, this this area of the phenomena where people are claiming to have, you know, these experiences where they're having these hybrid children in, during their abduction experiences but that you heard from a lot and a lot but it was harder to gather evidence um you were mentioning you know uh doctors 
in that people uh, had experience where they were pregnant and then not pregnant? Is that what I'm getting? So people who actually went to the doctor, were told they were pregnant, um, then the baby was no longer there, but uh, and they had a memory of the baby being taken or something like that? Maybe you could walk us through that. Correct. And, and a lot of times, so they would go, uh, they're pregnant. Um, they get, the, they, they have a gynecologist, they have their doctor they're going to, uh, they're going through the pregnancy process two or three months into it, Overnight, the baby's gone. They feel like the baby's gone. But and not a miscarriage. No, right, exactly. That's the key, John. Not a miscarriage. There's nothing there to suggest a miscarriage. And they'll go to the doctor's office and they'll say, the baby's gone. And the doctor will examine them and be like, okay, what? It, it, in, a, in a lot of cases, doctors, I don't know if they've ever seen anything like this, or some doctors will say, well, your body absorbed the fetus. So that's why there's nothing, like, there's nothing there at all. But then they'll also test, do a gynecological test and determine that there's, and John, it, it, help me with this. There's things going on with them gynecologically yeah, that's scarring, uteral scarring and saying, yeah. you know, on, on three different people that we spoke to shared very similar stories where their doctors through uh, exams said, what happened to you? What type of procedure did you have? You know, there's, there's so much scar tissue and they were like, I've never been, <laughs> I've never had any surgical procedures whatsoever. So those are head scratching moments for the physicians when they, they go through that process. We, we came pretty close to getting a, a physician to go on the record um, had several conversations. He completely agreed that this is a phenomenon that is happening. The whole idea of someone being pregnant one moment and then not, he wasn't, you know, going to say that it's aliens, but he was saying it's confounding because it, the, the, you know, the, the easy medical response is that the body absorbed the child, mm. the mis missing fetus syndrome type of thing. And, uh, you know, that that's the easy out from, from a scientific point of view. And he was saying that there's something more to this, we couldn't get him to go on the record. Eventually, he decided not to. But uh, we, we kind of put an all call out to a whole bunch of people um, to say who can connect us to a physician that would be willing to talk about this. And we had two or three different people that, that the conversations got to a point where they were curious about what we were doing, but never, never committed for obvious reasons, you know, unless they're, unless they're at the end of their, the twilight of their career, they're probably not going to go on the record with something like this because it could be damaging to their career. But to, to, to double back on one of the things that, um, Jack was talking about before, and to, you know, part of the question that you had asked earlier before the break, we, we interviewed about 30 different women, uh, uh and men for this film. And several of them were not willing, you know, once they had a chance to talk about and tell their stories, they weren't willing to be go on camera. And the primary reason was the backlash. Uh, what's this going to mean to my career? What's this going to mean to my family? And even the three people that we wound up being the principals that are there that are featured in this film. We had to make it very clear to them is that, you know, once this film goes global, your life is exposed to the for all the world to see. Are you okay with that? And we had to say that to everybody. And, and a lot of people said, no, I'm not okay with that. They're, they're frightened by what that would mean. Um, 
and the three people that wound up uh, stepping forward to to be filmed are aware that uh, a tidal wave may be coming their way uh, come this fall. So we, it, it was a process that we went through to qualify the people, and we wanted to make sure of a couple of things. One, they were credible. There were people just like you and me, people, you know, your next door neighbor, uh, a, a co-worker, a family member. Uh, we wanted to make sure that their stories were compelling. We wanted to make st- sure that their stories uh, or their their presentation was uh, uh, something that people would be engaged with. So we we pared it down to three people primarily, uh, Geraldine, Rob, and April, who have never really been focused on their stories aren't out there. They're they're new newer stories. So they're 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 people who you're not going to see in the, uh, the 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 circuit of the different UFO shows. They're they're new people that have uh, been willing to risk exposure and risk their stories and risk their privacy as a result of uh, volunteering. But it's important work, and they understood that. Right. So with these uh, people, I guess with some of the stories that you heard, did you run across anybody? um, Because I'm not even sure if this is uh, so much a thing. I think people would assume it is, but I want to hear from people who actually talked with individuals. Did you run across many people who you felt were making were making up their story? Not many, if at all. If any, no. mm-hmm. there there was fear, genuine fear with some mm-hmm. of the people and the retelling of their stories. I mean, we spent um, a month uh, doing almost every single person we spoke to uh, when we were going through the process of vetting and qualifying people. It was a two hour phone call and uh, almost every single one of them with the women, they cried. There was an emotional retelling, and, and some of them were – it was very difficult for them to kind of go through the process of reliving that. And again, I'll go back to the whole thing with Stan. We saw Stan in vulnerable moments that most people who have watched the film think it's just a promotion of his life and, and his story for a financial gain, which is ridiculous. If you've been in with somebody who has been through something like this, you see the trauma, you see the emotion, you see the fear, you see you know how they respond to ridicule. And when you're sitting on the phone screening somebody – and you hear them tell their story, and it is a very uh, emotional story for them. Uh, you 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 engage, and why would and, and most of the people we spoke to had never told their stories before. The people that we were kind of screening for the the primary stories, they had never shared their stories publicly before, hmm. and that was important to us because what do they have to gain? The three people in this, one of them, Geraldine Orozco, from the time we first spoke to her to today. Her story has grown. She has had a lot of exposure through some of the things that she's been doing because she, her story is very unique. Uh, her career, she gave up a six-figure career. She gave up an engagement to her fiancé because of the experiences that she had and what she learned through two regressions. She said, I can't, I can't not do this. I have to help people who've been through something similar to me. And she's dedicated her life. She's in her 30s. She's dedicated her life now to help people who've been through similar situations that she's been through. So when you hear stories like that, there's a lot of conviction and commitment to uh, a different 
an alternative life path as a result of an event that happened, multiple events that happened to her. So those are stories, then the other two are very different. And we hope that when people see the film, they'll realize that there's a lot of different ways that uh, people are having these abduction and, and fertilization experiences. There's not, you know, we think of reproduction in a sexual manner. That's not necessarily the way it is, although there are some stories of that as well. So it's it's just something it's very compelling, you know, when you when you're talking to people uh, and and hearing their stories and they're sharing it from an emotional, from a fear-based perspective, from a I'm I'm afraid that if this gets out, it's going to ruin my life type of thing. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, we didn't come across, you know, 30 people is not a, a a global sample by any means, but we the people that we spoke to, no one that we talked to, uh, we felt were misleading us in any way. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask is I think a lot of people assume, oh, you know, they heard they were making this movie, so they just tried to get in the movie or something like right. that. But, um, you know, as as you stated, and I would personally trust what you guys have to say is that you vetted these people at least to yes. find them compelling yourself. Now, you talk to 30 people. Do you think there are a lot more? Like, how do you, do you have any sense of how many more people out there uh, believe these they've had these experiences? Well, I think if you extrapolate, some there are researchers, uh, people such as Barbara Lamb and Yvonne Smith, who deal with people, these people who have had these experiences all the time, and they're they're doing regression therapy and other therapies with these people. Um, I think Barbara Lamb, one of them, and I can't remember who said it, but it's at least tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people throughout the world. And that's just an extrapolated number, but it could even be more than that. You know, here's the thing, Alejandro, and I think this is an important thing for everyone to remember, is that regardless of what this is, and again, in this film, we don't try to tell people what this is. We don't know what's going on. We have no clue. And in most cases, people have that who are experiencing experiencing these things have no clue they're scared they feel alone they feel isolated their lives are turned upside down but they no one really knows what's going on and but one thing we do know for sure is that it's part of the human experience it's part of the human condition this is happening to a lot of people a lot of people are suffering they're suffering alone because they feel like they can't talk to anybody about it their relationships, their marriages are suffering because of it. And that's the important thing for people to remember here where it's not so much, okay, what is it? Is it this ET race doing these experiments and hybridization, hybridization experiments to take over the world? Well, that's just one theory. And we do get into that and we're going to be getting into that more in our next film. But the important thing to remember is the fact that people are having these experiences and they are suffering and they're they're going through profound uh, emotional exp- they're they're experiencing profound emotions because of it and as other human beings because we're all part of the same human race i think it's important for us to at least consider it and be compassionate about wow well maybe they are definitely going through this and there's something we should consider and be empathetic about right 
Yeah, I mean, personally, having been in this field for so long, I've heard some of these stories, and you can't help but feel for these people, and they do, uh, are very compelling. Who I will send them to is some of the people you mentioned, like Yvonne Smith, who's a licensed therapist, named with uh, Barbara Lamb. I mean, they're licensed to do this sort of, of work uh, on multiple issues, not just this, but... Uh, you know, I would say the same that that it it's it's a hard thing to think about as being real, but uh, the stories are really compelling, and that's what's exciting about your film is that uh, you're putting forth some of these compelling stories. And we think that by by telling these stories, a couple of things are going to happen. It's going to create awareness to a phenomenon that not a lot of people know about. So our our goal with making this film is to move it from the from the shadows, from the fringes, and into the spotlight and into the the to the masses, making it accessible to the masses. So by doing that, we create awareness to something that other people might not have even comprehended before, or even heard of before. That's one thing. The second thing is to encourage, as Jack said, humanity to be compassionate. And empathetic, so that we get we care about people who've been through something like this. As uh, Melinda Leslie says in the film, when someone that you know has has cancer, or someone loses a family member, or someone goes through a a divorce, we're there for them. We're 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 their moral support. But why, when somebody says they've been through an experience like this, do we walk wide circles around them? So that's another part. Let's be compassionate. Let's encourage empathy. And the third thing is for the people who've had these experiences, you need to know that there's a tribe out there who's them just like you have who are willing to get together and work with each other to help them cope and and move through life knowing that something like this has happened with them so we want to create awareness encourage uh, uh, empathy and compassion and let people know there's somebody out there who's who can listen to you and you can tell your story you don't have to keep it a secret because the longer you keep it in the harder it is for you to deal with it and it can you know and some people it just eats at them for a long period of time to the point that it's, you know, the trauma is, is emotionally severe to them. So, you know, we, we, we didn't start this film thinking it was going to turn into something that was more emotionally driven. But as we went through it, we realized more and more that this is an emotional story. This is about humanity. This is about compassion. This is about we're all in this together. How can we help people who, who may have experienced something that we can't quite understand? And as Susan Bedell says in the film, Unless it's happened to you, it's just a story. Right. So, you know, it, that's an important point. And I think it's one of the, the, the lines I remember most from the film is that for the people who've had the experience, who are listening to this show right now, they're shaking their head up and down and going, yeah, I, that's how I feel. And for the people who've never had an experience, hopefully they're going, well, maybe I should listen to people that, you know, have said they've had something weird to them. That's what we want to have happen. That's the emotional component, the compelling humanity uh, advancement that we're hoping will happen. It sounds lofty, but we ultimately feel like if this reaches a, a wide audience in, in the way that we think it will, it will it will open some eyes and encourage a more human uh, uh, approach to people who've been through something that we can't quite understand. And we don't understand it. But mm -hmm. we can we can see we can see the emotion we can see the pain, uh, we can see the trauma in, in the eyes and in the stories and the responses that uh, of the people that we've interviewed. Mm -hmm. I want to ask this too. So bringing uh, some of the latest news into it, uh, there are a lot of people in the UFO community who feel like you know this Pentagon project and, and this revelation about the the government taking UFOs seriously is just the beginning 
of kind of an unveiling that they know about all of this stuff. They know that these sort of things that are in your film are, are going on and happening. How do you all feel about that uh, theory? Or do you think the government might be not, if this is happening, not might not know anything themselves? Oh, well, you know, again, we've spoken to so many people and we actually just finished filming our third documentary and we talked to a lot of ex-military guys in that. And, uh, you know, it, it's it you get different opinions, but it seems like the government now is they're dripping out information little by little. But there's a lot of people that believe, well, you know what, they had they've had every right to hold this back from us because it would just be too much for people to handle. And there is actually a part of me that agrees with that. I don't think that government secrecy is a good thing. I'm not saying that at all. But when you think about how, what the implications are when it comes to UFOs, ETs, ET contact, and some of the possible programs that the military and or ETs have been involved in, there is a lot to answer for if it all comes out because imagine all the people who have been abducted imagine all the people who do have hybrid children here and on other planets and what you know imagine if it came out that oh yeah you know okay you know we kept it quiet during the cold war because you know we didn't want to, it was national security issue but we feel at this point that everyone needs to know that's a heavy that's heavy stuff and, you know, John and I, we, we have long conversations about this. You know, what, how are they how would they ever come out with all of it? You know, it's almost impossible. Right. Right. Because they'd be held it accountable. Seems like a, <laughs> yeah. And it seems like it's a soft disclosure. And, uh, you know, the more and more we talk to different people and uh, experts who've been studying this for, for you know, decades, uh, th there's this belief that um, it's the disclosure isn't going to come from the government. They're just not going to do it. It's going to have to come from the people in some way, shape or form, or that, you know, information is discovered, uh, stories are told exposure, you know, not like the hoaxing images that you see on YouTube. It's just, those things are just not, uh, I mean, th there's just too much of that people trying to pass something off as, uh, right. some revelation when it's really not. And that's unfortunate, but that's the world that we live in, you know, mm -hmm. getting clicks is a big deal. Uh, but we think that, uh, you know, based on the different things that we've heard about, you know, to me, one of the things that I found very compelling during the interview process we just completed a few weeks ago for our third film is that, uh, that the storyline has changed from UFOs to UAPs. It's almost as if they're trying to like that old story is that's old stuff that that's that's not important. The UAP stuff is all about technology and the te and the, the first disclosure is going to be advanced tech technology. And then down the road, oh, by the way, this is who we got it from. And to me, that's kind of crazy, because if there's advanced technology that we got from somewhere else, uh, there's intelligent life that, that, that created that advanced technology that we learned from. So how can you put the cart before the horse? But it seems like they're trying to control the narrative. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't see that yet, looking at the details. But it may be. But either way, I think you made a good point. So uh, if, if we're having secrets kept from us, or if they don't know, um, nobody really knows, either way, 
it's important that we take it upon ourselves to listen to these stories and try to understand these things, which is what makes, you know, doing your film so important. And what's interesting is that it has been so well-received. I mean, was that shocking? Did you guys get embarrassed at all, like going to the Pasadena Film Festival and putting forward your film? Were you nervous that they would just kind of roll their eyes and not let you even be included um, when you when you went through that process? For me, uh, my response to that is, is I knew when the film was, the final cut of the film was done, that we had a a uh, important film there was no nerves whatsoever for me at the first film festival in fort lauderdale that we screened at none at pasadena and the response to both screenings uh with that we were present for was overwhelmingly positive and the the pasadena festival i would say half of the people were in tears as a result of seeing this film. So wow. it ha- it's an emotional story. It's something that grabs people uh, in a way that no other UFO story has before because it's about, it's this film is about the people who've had things, who have been subjected to the phenomena when almost everything else that's out there is about the phenomena. Very little has been discussed about the people who've been through and we take a deep dive into the emotional impact that an experience has on an individual. So interesting, and it's so interesting, I think, and that, that, you know, it has been received so well. Was that, I guess it wasn't shocking to you, John, but what about you, Jack? Because you've been doing this paranormal stuff for a while, and, you know, the 90s were not friendly, I don't feel, at least to the UFO topic. Uh, People were making fun of it. It's not until recently that the mainstream media has kind of been a little more friendly to all of this stuff and just not outright you know, making fun of people who look into it. Um, how has it been to have your film so well received? Oh, it's it's been it's been an amazing experience. But the one thing that John and I knew going into this this whole thing when we first started was that we knew we were going to do it the right way. So if you do it the right way and you do it with integrity and you have a sense of purpose that's that that that, that is of high integrity. Uh, and you're going to present things in a, in a in that kind of a manner, then you know that. And one of the things we always try to do, and I did this with the, with the ghost stuff too. You have the stories, but we always try to balance it with experts. So we always wanted to get we we want to get the researchers that have been doing this. We want to get the people who have dedicated their lives to doing the research, doing the work, and which is why we had you in the first two films that we did. Uh, you know, we want to get people who are respected, who will talk about this. And then you mix that in with people's stories and the evidence and you just present it in a logical, objective manner. And it should do well. It should it should go over well with people. And and John makes a great point. And, and he, he always makes this point. And I think it's the most important point. We're making these films for everyone. We're not making these films for people who just are totally into ufos and already believe and we're not you know we're trying to hit the middle ground for people who are open-minded enough to at least say i don't know if i believe this but boy darn did stan romanick go through hell or i don't know if i believe this but that woman sure did seem like she was telling the truth i might want to do my own research now there are always going to be my favorite one, though, is that is that uh, uh, I don't know if I believe this, but I sure as heck wouldn't want to be that person. Right. 
Right. right. Unless it's happened to you. Unless it's <laughs> happened to you, it's just a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Well, so that's, that's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's what's exciting. And, of course, uh, the UFO Congress does include a lot more of this sort of topic. So we always have Von Smith there, who you mentioned earlier, Kathleen Martin, who works with the Mutual UFO Network, and uh, her, her, of course, she's related to someone who had a famous abduction experience. Um, so we have a lot of these people, and I think even we're going to have Geraldine Roscoe, who's in the film. So uh, it'll be that community, and that's what's going to be really exciting is to um, showcase your film there, but also, uh, you know, have you got all there to be able to share with stories like this that it's also being well received and people are are you know considering these sort of things that uh have been considered by people like people at the ufo congress for many many years um my goodness i mean yvonne and barbara for instance have been doing this sort of work for decades uh Mm -hmm. so it's been out there but uh, really exciting stuff. I think that uh, it's really brave, courageous for you all to uh, tackle these topics. And uh, it's important for, you know, we may be embarrassed, but a lot of times the topics that we're most nervous to take a hard look at are the ones that we need to take the hardest look at. Right. Yeah, and I would say, too, that when we after we made the first film, my mindset was that I wasn't going to do another one of these in this genre because I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a documentarian just within this space. But we had an opportunity to uh, fund the sec- second film much easier than we did the first film. So it was like, OK, let's move down this path. Uh, let's do it again. But it wasn't until, you know, almost to the end of the the filming of the interview process uh, for this second film, for the seating, that I realized what what was going on. And this was about helping people better understand what's happening to other people. So for me, it became a compelling human story, not any e- UFO or an ET story. To me, that 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 got me hook, line and sinker. That got me in the fields, so to speak. So I felt compelled that, okay, I, I, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with telling these stories because they're important to the people who've been through it. And if we can help the people who haven't been through it better understand what's happening to people who have been, then we've done a very uh, admirable thing. Well, I'm assuming because the the first film eventually, like you said, it takes some time, uh, got some great distribution. And it sounds like this film will get that as well. So people will hopefully then be able to see it pretty much on all the streaming flat platforms out there. Well, one of the things that everybody asks is, when's it coming to Netflix? Well, that's not in our control. And I want to make sure that that's very clear. Is the film is launching on digital platforms, pay-per-view and digital download on September 3rd. Our distributor will be pitching the film, but there's no guarantee. Netflix has completely changed their model. It's all Netflix-exclusive stuff these days. So we don't know if it's going to land on on Netflix. But there will be every effort made to try to get it onto one of these ubiquitous platforms like Amazon Prime 
or Netflix or uh, Hulu or even Gaia TV. So, and there's a whole bunch of new content platforms that are coming out too. Warner Brothers and CNN and Disney. All of these places are going to be looking for content. Not to say that this is going to wind up on Disney, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there there are our distributor will be looking for those channels. So for everybody who's going to sit back and say, well, we'll wait to see when it's on Netflix. We don't know that. We don't. There's no guarantees that it's ever going to be on that type of a platform. But we think this story is pretty darn compelling. Mm-hmm. So your website is j3films.com. Uh, people can kind of get updates there. Is there anywhere uh, else people can keep up to date? Yeah, facebook.com uh, slash ex2 the seating and that's where we have a, most of our engagement is on that so it's facebook.com slap backslash uh, ex2 the seating and if anybody listening wants to comment or share their story or you know say hey I, who do i talk to about this we have connections to the people who are willing to help so uh, definitely reach out to us and we'll do what we can to have your story heard in a compassionate uh, way that no one's judging you because it's your story. It's unique to you. And if it's been traumatic in some way, shape or form and you need an outlet for it, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help you find that outlet. Well, thank you guys. The time just absolutely flies. It feels like it was like five minutes. The time flies when it's fun to stuff to talk about. Uh, but Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I know you guys are really busy uh, traveling the world and whatnot and apparently working on your third (laughs) film, which I didn't even know about. But uh, thanks for coming on. I'm so excited for people to see the film. Congratulations on such a wonderful reception that you've received at all of these film festivals. And then maybe, you know, I guess who are some of the other names that produced it? Because I I, I know you got some help from uh, some of our other friends. Sure. We had uh, Chase Klotsky was a, an associate pr- producer, former uh, field director for MUFON. Uh, Lori Wagner is also a producer. Uh, Jamie Cernoff. So those are the, the, the principal people who help kind of formulate uh, the, you know, everything that happens behind the scenes. So we're, we're super appreciative of everybody who is involved both in front of and behind the camera. Uh, I'd like to give a special shout out too to Patrick Lomantini, who was the editor on this. He he created a very uh, engaging uh, visual story based on the interviews that we got. So a uh, big shout out to him and to Anton Patner, Patzner for the the soundtrack. He scored the entire film. It's wall to wall sound. There might be 30 seconds where there is no music, and he scored the whole thing, and it's phenomenal. Wow, cool. Well, good job, guys. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for Thank having us on, All right. Well, thanks. I'll just edit it there. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for making the time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we really, Alejandro, really appreciate Yeah, we really do. Yeah. I appreciate uh, you giving us a platform, you being a friend, you being uh, uh, someone who uh, allows us to, <laughs> uh, you know, tell these type of stories and pull you into them uh, to a certain extent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, and we really appreciate your approach to this too, is that you're not all in, you know, that right. you're, you're, you're coming at it from a very healthy perspective. And we think that adds credibility to what we're doing. Well, you know, Absolutely. I really feel like, uh, because I'm pretty close with Lou, like the, the guy who runs the project, uh, used to run that pro- Pentagon project. I speak to him almost mm-hmm. every other day. In fact, and you know, it's like they were just, they're kind of some guys exploring what the heck is going on. They're kind of like us. 
but you know, mm-hmm. worked for the government and were able to get Harry Reid to get him some money and coalesce this kind of investigation. But they know other stuff is going on. And some of mm-hmm. them have had their own experiences. So uh, it's kind of an exciting time because I think films like yours will show people that there's other stuff going on that we have to look into. And like I said in the film, I mean, I think it's vital that people take a more serious look at all of this stuff. I mean, when you have these huge amounts of of people, you know, uh, feeling like they have this, we owe it to them to at least try to understand Mm -hmm. what they're going through. Yeah, the the emotions that came out in this film, they they kick you in the gut. The fact that these people were that vulnerable on camera, even Melinda Leslie, who she even said she broke broke down twice during the interview in Mm -hmm. tears. And she goes, I never let my emotions go. I never allow this to happen. And, you know, what we show in there really is that she's angry and frustrated. And she really is that kind of the, the emotional center of this film and wants to kick him. I was, we were shocked <laughs> and everybody that has seen it was shocked by how amazing she was. Like Richard Dolan's like, I've known Melinda for a long time. She's, she, she has a very difficult time keeping focused when you're talking to her sometimes. Mm-hmm. He said, but I was, my jaw was on the floor every time she spoke. He goes, I could not believe how compelling she was. He mm-hmm. goes, she, she really hit a grand slam. She was phenomenal. So yeah, yeah, that, that that was a big part of it for us is the 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 emotional side of it, and you know to to sit there and hear some of the stuff that happened to these people is just to them it's real. We don't yeah. you know we we get we're giving them the benefit of the doubt because when they're telling these stories and the emotional response that we got from them, it's just really hard to to discredit them. And the people that we have are credible. We don't have a bunch of Stan Romanex in this film. Yeah. We were careful. You can only be so careful, but yeah. but Alejandro. So you know, the third one we just uh, we just finished shooting real quick is is we just take it we we go deeper. We take a deeper dive into the whole idea of okay, uh, if there are these hybridization programs, uh, we talked to we talked to Clifford Stone, we talked to Lynn Buchanan, we talked to Dan Sherman, um, and then we uh, we take we took a look at the three kind of paradigms out there: the whole religious. Uh, you know, paradigm of, well, it all has to do with the Bible. Uh, we did an Ascension, uh, paradigm, uh, which is all kind of love and light. And then we did a colonization paradigm, which was basically Dr. David Jacobs saying we're all fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so just so you know, we just finished filming it, but, uh, you know, now we have a long way to go with the editing. So we'll keep you updated on that. too. Well, yeah. the good news too is that we're expecting to have this release uh, in September of next year. So if if uh, oh, okay, Congress perfect. is around the same time, we'll 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 see what we can do. So maybe if we pushed it out a week, maybe we can have the premiere kind of uh, coincide with you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, we'll keep in touch. But uh, great to talk to you guys. I got to run. In fact, we're going to be leaving here uh, hopefully pretty soon to go to AlienCon. Oh, so cool. awesome. yeah, in LA. So, uh, so, so if you're not doing anything on Saturday night at AlienCon, hop over to Disclosure Fest because our film's screening at eight o'clock. Is <laughs> is that like uh, near there or something? Yeah, it's in LA. They're both oh, in LA. Okay. 
I didn't realize Disclosure that. Fest is more of a, um, uh, I don't want to say a hippie thing, uh, mm-hmm. but it's much more of a, a spiritual ascension driven, you know, there's a mass meditation at three in the afternoon, I think, but mm. they also have ufology stuff and our film's going to be screening there. So, yeah, that's a, another big plus for us to have that type of exposure at, a, you know, over 30,000 people at the event. So, Oh, really? It's wow. Cool yeah. Cool, man. It's a big, you know, we're we're in one corner of the world there, but uh, hopefully we'll get some some good exposure uh, that we can use for social media. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you guys so much. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, Alejandro, okay. and I look forward to seeing you at the uh, at Congress. Yeah, that'll be. I. It's too bad you won't be able to make it, John, but uh, at least we'll have Jack with us. <laughs> and uh, you'll probably get another J there too for sure oh good <laughs> two of the three two out of three that's pretty good right alright Alejandro thanks uh, again thank you so much to Jack Roth and John Sumple for being on the show two of uh, the three J's in J3 and uh, you'll be able to see Jack like you said at the UFO Congress and he'll be there to present the film and you're going to get a sneak peek of this film too out of others that are are part of the film festival so you're really lucky and uh, I know you know that this topic is pretty weird no doubt but I do know some of the people that are in the film and they're very nice people very good people and you know it's Well, it says a lot that this film has won so many awards. And these are awards of regular film festivals, festivals, you know, that are watching documentaries uh, on a lot of different topics. But the audience seemed to take this topic very seriously, even though it's so odd and different. So uh, congratulations to Jack and John for putting together what must be a a brilliant documentary and something that I think, you know, we ought to take a look at. And uh, like I said before, you know, there are thousands and thousands, I mean, a lot of people who believe that they're having these sort of experiences. And so for that reason alone, it should be taken seriously to kind of figure out, you know, what's going on here. Is this some kind of psychological manifestation of some other kind of emotional issues or is this uh, something else? And uh, because of, you know, even all of the credible people I think that you'll see in this film that are claiming to have these experiences, you know, we need to take a look and see what the heck's going on here. So it's great that Jack and John have been brave enough to kind of uh, take a look at this topic and uh, to put this out there. And, uh, of course, it seems like they've done such a great job because of all these awards that they've won. So, um, plus, these guys are great. I've known them for a long time. I've known a lot of the people that they listed off that put together this film. And there's some great people and great researchers. So I wish them all the luck in the world. And I'm happy to be uh, here, you know, promoting the film and helping them get the the word out there about the film. And and I'm very grateful that they included me and my thoughts, even though, of course, I'm more skeptical about this topic. But I'm happy that they, they kind of let me um, speak my mind. And, uh, you know, if you see them send the clips and stuff, they... they didn't cut me out, <laughs> you know. So uh, that was nice that they were, uh, you know, put that perspective in there as well. So I also want to thank Martin Willis for helping us with the news. Uh, let's see other news out there. I want to thank all my Patreon patrons. Uh, thank you so much for helping out. It really does help, you know. Uh, I, of course, spend a lot of time keeping up on UFO news and information uh, to share with you all. And it ain't easy, and it takes a lot of time, 
And I'm afraid, you know, I, I, I would like to keep doing it if possible. So if you could, you know, there's a lot of people, most people are, are going to Patreon and just kind of putting in a buck a month. And that is fine. That is perfectly fine. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it also helps if you, you know, purchase any products like the t-shirts, uh, the Open Minds t-shirts that you'll find at the Teespring at openminds.tv. Or if you go to the UFO Congress store and purchase any of the super cool stuff that you see there. The UFO Congress is ran by my girlfriend, but it does help me when she... Uh, does well and she uh, is hitting the happy mood as well <laughs> but uh speaking of the ufo congress we have almost a complete list now some of the exciting people that'll be there that we've added more recently are uh, like james fox so he creates documentaries you're going to get a sneak peek on his much awaited super exciting documentary and there is so much in there that's exciting so you'll be able to see more about that of course we're going to have kevin day and there's always late breaking news about a tip and who has that news george knapp and jeremy corbell but i'll also feature some of the other cool speakers that we're going to have you know one that i'm really excited about i haven't heard speak before is tui snyder and she's doing a talk on the airships so in the 1890s there was a ufo flap and they called them airships and she's going to be talking about that so that's really exciting historical stuff i've heard great things about her talk so i'm very excited for that and also uh for the first time at the ufo congress we're going to have richard dolan's wife uh, Tracy. So I saw Richard and Tracy at AlienCon. It was great to see them again. Had a great conversation with Richard. And uh, Tracy, I'm so excited to hear her talk. Of course, she's going to be talking about remote viewing, which she's done for quite some time. And uh, some people may not realize that this Pentagon project, really their, their head scientist, Hal Putoff, that's what he started in, government programs remote viewing, which is kind of a psychic ability to see information that uh, apparently, you know, they proved was, was something real back in the 70s. And the government had for decades these programs where law enforcement officials were coming to these groups that Hal had uh, and others with Russell Targ and others had put together where they were remote viewing information. Extremely interesting. So that's going to be a great talk, too. So go to ufocongress.com. You'll be able to see all the information there uh, that's going on and get tickets. And right now you can get discounted prices. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be downtown Phoenix, and uh, it's going to be an incredible event. So I really, really hope to see you there. Otherwise, there's also Roswell coming up in a couple weeks. I'll be speaking there. I'll be doing a couple talks, and we'll have a booth there. Roswell is always fun. It starts on July 4th and runs for the rest of that weekend. I believe July 4th is a Thursday this week. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. Otherwise, uh, I hope you guys are having a great time. You know, uh, sorry for the audio being a little shaky at the beginning of the show. I was actually, you know, on the road for AlienCon, but I wanted to get this show together anyway, and that's why it's, it's a day late. But uh, hey, better late than never is what they say. Next week, we have a really cool show with Chuck Zukowski and Heather Taddy of Alien Highway. So Chuck, of course, is a good friend. We've got multiple video or uh, interviews with him uh, on the, the, the podcast here. But uh, now he's got this TV show on the Travels Channel that's really cool. It's great. You guys should check it out, Alien Highway. And we're going to be talking to Chuck and Heather about that next week. So 
I guess until then, I want to thank Caleb Hanks for the opening and close music. I want to thank Systematics for the bumper music. And, of course, I want to thank you for joining us this week. And we will talk to you uh, again next week with our exciting Alien Highway show. Until then, adios muchachos.